Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. All right. How many are glad to, to be in the house of the Lord? Just one more time. Amen. So glad to, to be here with you all uh, tonight. It's a privilege to get to be in the house of the Lord and to be able to feel the presence of God. I want to ask this. Uh, let's all stand together. their minds and spirit that we be doers of your word, God, and not just hearers of it. We thank you and we love you for what you're doing in this place. We give you all the honor and all the glory. Would you clap your hands up to the Lord? Man, I am not going to be long, but I'm going to teach, all right? So I'm, I'm just going to...
going to give a Bible study. Um, I'm going to do my best not to preach. And so, but if Brother Juan keeps saying amen back there, I might start preaching. <laughs> Love you, Brother Juan. You're the man. All right. And so I want to talk to you for a brief moment uh, on this topic, and that is dominion. You all have been talking about dominion, uh, talking about, you know, authority and dominion. And a lot of times this topic really relates to the spirit realm. And I think that's amazing. There's no doubt scripture in the word of God that gives us understanding to, to stand upon that relays the message that we have dominion in the spirit realm. Amen. How many of you know that? How many of you believe that? All right. Let's, uh, let's go to one, one particular scripture, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. We'll start there. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. And uh, when you have it, you can say amen or you could look to the screen. If you got your iBible or your Android Bible, whatever kind of Bible you got, you can pull it out. If you got the good old paperback or leather here. That works too. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. And the Bible tells us, verse 1, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Everyone say power. power. Against unclean spirits. <clears throat> it says uh, to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness. Now, not some sickness, but all manner of sickness, right? doesn't say just the headache. It's talking about the tumor and the cancer and the COVID and the COVID number two and number three and number four and all that stuff too. It is all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I thought it was really funny. Um, now, I'm not sure if this has really anything to do with the study here tonight, but I just thought it was really funny. I walked into Ross a couple hours ago and it's always the will of God to go to Ross or something, right? Get a sweet deal. Anyway, so I walked in there. Sister, thank you, Sister Mary, for nodding your head. I appreciate that. There's one that agrees, and that's all we need. And as I walked in, uh, I remember, you know, everyone's wearing masks and stuff. Now, I came from Missouri a couple, literally yesterday, and in Missouri, you don't have to wear masks, you know. And so I realized in California, you don't have to wear masks either. And I asked the guy that was there at the front door, hey, bro, uh, do we have to wear a mask? Do I need to wear a mask? He said, no, no. I said, is it mandatory? said, no. And I said, well, why is everybody wearing a mask? He said, I don't know, man. He was wearing a mask too, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not against the mask. I just thought it was a funny thing. Anyways, and so uh, the Bible tells us when he called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. And so when he gave them uh, power, you know, against these unclean spirits, we recognize this is not something that these disciples earned, all right? This is not power that they earned from praying, from fasting, from, uh, you know, any of those types of things. It's not something that because they were so good that Jesus said, I'm going to give you this power now against unclean spirits. The Bible literally says that he called unto him his 12 disciples and he gave them power. If you look up the word gave, you will realize that it, it literally translates into delegated authority. So Jesus, we, we understand, has power over the enemy, right? We know that even Satan himself answers to Jesus, even in this realm. It's not uh, Jesus versus Satan. There's no equalness there. There's no, uh, you know, actual 
actual challenge, Satan actually, uh, you know, waits for Jesus in the sense that he will ask, hey, can I do this or can I do that? We recognize that in the book of Job. And so we understand that God Almighty has all power over the enemy. And so he gave that power over the enemy through a delegated authority, through a given authority to you and to me, right? And to each and every one of us that's here that's filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And that's something to be excited about. That's something to thank God about because we have authority over the enemy, right? Amen? We have authority over sickness. We have authority... Uh, over disease and over every unclean spirit. Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 says, Behold, I give unto you, Jesus is talking, we'll go verse 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven, and these 70 disciples come up to Jesus. They're all excited because they've cast out these devils in the name of Jesus. And they're, I mean, they're like, they're all pumped up in their head, you know, their mind, like, man, these hands have cast out these devils, you know, this word, shh, I'm powerful. And they come to Jesus. Can you believe this, Jesus? You know, we've literally cast out devils in your name. And Jesus answers or responds to them and says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give, once again, there's that word, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so Jesus, we recognize, gives them power. He gives them authority, gives them dominion. And it's because of that, you know, if you realize something, they didn't even recognize that Jesus had given them that full power, that authority. They just saw Jesus cast out devils. They said, well, if he can do it, he gave unto us some type of power, right? And so we're going to try the same thing. Then they came all shocked and amazed that it really works. And so they recognized that because Jesus gave them that authority, they have that authority. You, as a child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, if you've ever spoken with other tongues, like the Bible says, you've been filled with the Spirit of God, and so therefore you have authority over the enemy. You have dominion. You have that full authority. You don't have to be afraid of the enemy. I know people say, oh, pray for me, saints, you know, because the enemy's after me. The devil is chasing me. You know, I, I've heard some crazy stories. You know, I, I've had, uh, you know, the, the enemy chasing after me or getting after my kids or this, or that, or the other. Now, I believe and recognize that the enemy does uh, infiltrate our minds and he does try to tempt us. But I do understand also through the word of God that we have authority over all the power of the enemy. And the main power of the enemy is deceit, is the power to make you believe that something is that really isn't, right? To make you believe that you can't get up when you sin, when in fact Jesus died on the cross for the sins that you haven't even yet committed, right? His blood was shed for you and for me. And so the enemy will come and try and deceive you and get you to think, well, I can't really get up. I know a lot of people, you know, that have dealt with guilt. I, I've, I've 
dealt with guilt in, in my life as well. Man, I'm, I'm guilty. I've sinned and, and no one knows, you know, I'm guilty. How can I preach? How can I do this? I, you know, I've, I've got some, um, road rage, you know, if you will. I was talking to my wife about it earlier. I was like, you know, give me a good story. You know, I was telling her, I'm going to talk about having dominion and I want to talk about having dominion over your own spirit. And I'm going to go there here in a moment. And I said, give me a good story, you know, just about my own failure of not having authority over my own spirit. She's like, Oh, I'll, let me get the list out real quick. Hold on. Is that right? Is that right? And I was telling her about her own list too. I was right. I was, I was, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. All right. Y'all are awake now. Okay, here we go. And so we recognize that having dominion over the spirit realm, that's powerful. That's amazing. Matter of fact, that makes us different than people that aren't filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. People that are, as the Bible says, dead in sin. And so when temptation comes to people that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, right, that aren't baptized in the name of Jesus, what happens? When temptation comes, some of you all, most of you all, were in that particular predicament where you did not have the Holy Ghost at one time. And when you didn't, when you felt angry, you acted out, right? And that got you in trouble. Or when you felt depressed, man, you acted that out as well. And you didn't go to work for three days, and because of that, you couldn't hold a job, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or, you know, you were afraid you know, to, to live or to carry on, or some of you were hurt by people or, you know, just by your, your own self, your own mistakes. So what happened? You've, you've lived out those temptations and because you don't have any, or you didn't have any power over those temptations in the spirit realm, the enemy was able to just do whatever it wanted in your life. Right. And then one day you came, was filled with the power of the Holy ghost. And then you recognize, wait, hold on. I still can fall into sin and I still do from time to time but I have power and authority not by my own power but by the power of the Holy Ghost to overcome sin and so we realize that it is a powerful thing to have authority over over sickness over the enemy right over all the power of the enemy over the demonic realm if you will the spirit realm we have authority as people of god we have as children of god we have authority the children of israel had authority to a certain extent i wouldn't say it was as our authority but the children of israel uh, back before jesus came into the world robed in flesh uh, the children of israel were able to link up right with god almighty were able to through their relationship have faith they were able to believe leave and have that authority and God would overturn their battles and so on. Now, I, I've stressed the fact that we can have authority over the enemy, right? We believe that. We love that. We know that. That's a good thing. I don't think that we should be afraid of the enemy. Can, can somebody say amen? amen? I don't think for a moment that we should be afraid. I remember, I won't give any names uh, except my dad's, but uh, my... <laughs> My dad was, uh, well, he, he told me this, and we were talking a little bit about demons and so on. And, and he said, you know, I, I remember I was counseling someone, you know, one time he's telling me, as you know, he does a lot of counseling. And said, as I was sitting there in my, my chair in the office, he said this, the guy across the table began to tell me, hey, pastor, don't you see that? Don't you see that little demon right there? And he said it was a little demon about this high and, you know, it's a little chubby guy, a little fat little guy. And it was, you know, there next to the uh, to the desk. And he said, you know, that demon was kind of just walking back and forth. And the guy kept telling me, pastor, pastor, don't you see that demon right there? 
<clears throat> my dad looked at him and said, yeah, I see it. I've seen it this whole time, but it doesn't mean you need to give all kind of attention to it. You give all kind of attention to it, and then it takes over. It takes authority in your life instead of you taking authority right over that spirit realm. And so it's much, much like that today in your life that you don't have to, you know, with every thing that happens, oh, I felt that, hold on, what's going on, and search out, you know, for all the demons that are out there. They're there, whether you can see them or not, but so are we. Amen? Oh, don't, don't tell me a preacher, but James, I'm about to, right? So the enemy is there, we recognize that, but so are we as people of God that don't have, we're not, we're not fighting the enemy, we have authority over the enemy. We have authority against all the power of the enemy. And so for that, we are grateful. Let's give the Lord a round of applause for that. And uh, with that understanding, we recognize dominion is important. Dominion also relates to the spirit realm. But I, I want to tell you that that part of dominion over the spirit realm, right, over sickness, over disease, you see a preacher come and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. That's taking authority. That's taking dominion. That part of dominion, that part of authority in the spirit realm doesn't actually take a whole lot of work. All that takes is faith. I mean, you could be someone now, let me explain. You could be someone that just came to church. I mean, you're, 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 you're barely filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't know much about the scripture or this or that. You know, I lived this thing a whole long time. But if you believe that God can, then God will do it. Amen. Then God will answer that prayer. So it doesn't take a whole lot of work to have dominion in the spirit realm. It just takes a whole lot of faith. And really, if you've got faith, then you've got faith. And that part is really easy, right? If you've not allowed your faith to be tainted. The part of having dominion, that what I really want to talk about tonight, that takes a whole lot of work is having dominion over your spirit. All right? Someone say, dominion over your spirit. All right, let's get into it. Proverbs chapter... 25 if you'll turn there with me proverbs 25 and uh, i want to allow us to recognize what the bible says about us and our spirit and our own walk with god not looking to so and so or someone else and saying well you know i'm their leader so this this and that and they've got to do this and they got to do that well we're gonna we're gonna learn about us tonight is that all right all right okay Proverbs 25 and verse 28, and the Bible tells us, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. All right, you, you all ready for this? Is that all right? Okay. You know, someone, a city that had walls, that has walls, you know, back in the day we had fortified cities. It was to govern what came in and what went out. Amen. And when it was to govern that, they saw, they noticed what was going on within their city because they watched and were careful about what came in and what went out. And so we recognize that a city without walls does the complete opposite. Anything that walks by, that creeps in, that, you know, you know, even whispers at you, all of a sudden, oh, how many of you know someone that gets real hurt real easy, real fast, 
too fast. Don't, don't, don't point them out now, all right? I'm not telling you to look at them and start pointing at them. What I'm saying, don't, don't point your husband or your wife, okay? But, you know, you recognize that someone gets a little too hurt too easy. What happens? They're, they're, they're like a city with, with no walls. You know, they, something said it all. Oh, man, they said this about me. You know, can you believe that? Like, oh, what? You know, what happened? There was a lady, matter of fact, uh, I don't know if she'll ever listen to this Bible study. But anyways, there was a lady uh, at the airport uh, on our way over here. And we were in the security line. And, you know, we've got two kids. And when you're at the airport with kids, people are already kind of on edge. Like, oh, you're bringing, like, it's a forbidden thing to bring a baby on the plane. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, they better not cry. I'm like, bro, it's a baby, man. Come on. You know, what do you expect? Anyways, my kids do very good, by the way. Just letting you all know. Okay. And so, you know, this lady, we're in the security line. And, of course, we've got our huge mega stroller. You know, it's like an 18-passenger van or whatever. It really is huge. we got to get a special car just for that. Anyway, and so my wife's getting one baby out of the stroller. I'm up to get the other baby. I'm taking my shoes off and the coat and the whole thing. At security, you know, you, I'm, you're only supposed to use like one or two bins. We use probably like, what, seven or eight? That's no joke, you know, for, for everyone. You know, might as well throw a baby in the bin, send them in. Anyway. And so we're just unpacking everything there in the Kansas City airport. And this lady walks on by. And, I mean, she was probably a, a test, you know, a, a, what do they call it, dipstick, you know, to measure where Alexis and I was in the Holy Ghost, you know. And she comes by and says, well, I know how kids are, so I'm just going to cut you guys. And she literally walked right up to the front of the line. And I was like, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not really. I wasn't, that wasn't how I, how I acted. I wanted to, but I didn't say anything. All right, you all be proud. I didn't say anything. You'd be happy about that. Just do my best to control my spirit and not be a city without walls because that woman's anger could have easily rubbed off on me. And all of a sudden, I could react and say, hey, you know, what do you do? You need to get back to the back of the line. You don't be cutting my kids. What's wrong with you? Right? And all of a sudden, she's like, oh, what do you do? How am I going to tell her I'm a preacher? How am I going to tell her, you know, I'm I'm a Christian. Oh, I believe in Jesus. Get to the back of the line, but I believe in Jesus, you know. See that? But I love you. After I just chewed her out and yelled at her in front of everyone, trying to make my point. Can I get amen? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? I'm talking about dominion over your own spirit tonight. So he understood that. A city without walls is, is what you become when you don't take authority over your own flesh, over your own spirit. There was a story of a, a preacher that was visiting a pastor, and the pastor, of course, knows everyone in the church and knows the visitors or those that, that come to the church and visit frequently. And, and the pastor told the preacher, said, hey, that woman over there, she was acting out a little bit. She's full of the devil. She's full of the devil, right? And just made that assumption. And the preacher said, well, good, because if she is, we can deal with that in about three minutes. But if she's not, it's going to take you about 30 years to go ahead and teach that out of her. You understand what I'm saying? In the spirit realm, that's fine. Casting out a devil, that's not a problem. We got authority over that, but you can't cast out flesh. Amen? You, that's that's where the work comes in. That's where it's, I got to get up in the morning. I've got to pray and I've got to say, okay, I got I to gotta be love. I got to be kind. I got to be gentle, right? I, I got to have faith. I got to have meekness. I got... You 
You know, some some people, and I've been around a lot of people, uh, spiritual people, some very uh, spiritual people, we'd call very spiritual people, you know, they're praying and they're like, woo, in the third heavens, you know, all the time. And I mean, I, I got some good stories for you, but I'm, I'm not going to say them all night anyways. And, uh, you know, you just got some people that are just like, they're floating like cloud nine. And, you know, they're <clears throat> literally like in the third heaven. Them and Paul and Peter and Moses are just like hanging out, you know, all the time. They're real spiritual. But then you get them out of the prayer room and, you you know, something goes wrong and they're like chewing you out. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I thought you were all spiritual. What's going on here, you know? Brings me to my next scripture, Proverbs 11 and verse 1. Proverbs 11 and verse one and the Bible tells us a false balance is abomination unto the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. I'm gonna say it again a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. First Timothy chapter four and verse six, as you uh turn there, you can open up to there and we'll explain a few more things, but I, I've told this story before, and I've got to tell it again, all right, because it's just, it's too fitting. I was trying to rack my brain of another story in which I didn't do my best to be a Christian. But being transparent with you all, I know I'm being videoed, that's all right. I'm going to say the story anyway, okay. I, uh, you know, we're talking about having dominion over your own spirit, right? You see great, you know, people of God or just people of God in general, any person of God, you think, man, you know, they're a good person. They're, they're a good Christian, you know, and at church we come, we bring the best, you know, we wear the best, we act the best, we do the best, you know, and <clears throat> my, my problem, letting you all in, okay, my problem is uh, driving. When I drive, you know, I think it doesn't, I think, I, I, to me, it's like the people can't hear me, so what's the big deal? Anybody know what I'm talking, can I get an amen on that? Can we just be open on this? Just, just you, you and me here tonight, all right? And then my wife, you know, is in the car, and she, of course, reminds me that, hey, you know, you can't, you know, what's going on here, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, okay. Jesus' name, forgive me. All right, let's do this again. Someone cuts me off, and there I am again. You know, what are you, what's the matter with you? What's going on? On the way to church Sunday morning, right? You know, anyway, on the way to go preach a revival, and someone cuts you off. What's the matter, man? What's the deal? And so we're talking about a balance, and I've, I've said this story, but you all bear with me on this, all right? I was in San Francisco working Uber. San Francisco is a God-forsaken place, man, I'm telling you. And anyways, I mean, just, I had one guy, I had one guy get into the, the car. I was working Uber, and when he got my back, my back seat, he said, hey, man, what do you do? You know, what do you, what, what's your job? Is this your job? What are you going to be doing? I was in Bible college just about to go to India and go do, do missions work and do the work of the Lord, you know? And, and so I was like, bro, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the work of the Lord and go to India and tell people about Jesus, going to see miracles. And, and I was pumped out of my mind. And he was like, well, don't you think that's wrong? You know, and uh, to go to India and tell people about one religion, don't you think you should tell them about every religion? He's, this is what he said. And then at that point, let them choose. And I got to thinking, oh, that's a pretty logical answer there. And then God quickened me, and I realized, wait, hold on. And I told him, I said, well, that would make sense if I was a teacher, but I'm a preacher. I'm not a teacher. And so I'm going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Amen. And so, you know, I was continuing on in San Francisco, and one day I was trying to fast. I was trying to fast for about three days. I'm just going to be real transparent, okay? Now I'm driving down the road. The freeway 
that's my dipstick. You know, that's my, the Lord's checking my heart. And so I'm down the freeway. I'm all by myself. So, you know, no one can hear me. No one knows what's going on in my car. And I'm trying to fast and pray and believe and just get deeper with God. I mean, you ever fasted? And then like, you know, the story about everyone bring the donuts and this and that. It just, just all goes wrong. And you're like, God, I was just trying to do something spiritual, you know? And so I'm in the car and I don't remember if it was me that cut the guy off or him that cut me off first, but someone cut someone off first, you know, anyway. And so when he cut me off, I was, hey, what's up, man? You know, and I'm, of course, he can't hear me. My windows are up and I'm fasting, you know. And so then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I, I come in and I, you know, I, I don't cut him off, but I was like, hey, what's up? You know, and then he cuts me off again and slams the brakes thing. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And then this time I'm just like, Phew elevate you know anyone ever been there before and you're just like what's up man what do you want i mean i mean i am i am literally in the middle of the fast you know the spiritual moment and as i'm on the road i i kid you not i'm not exaggerating one bit and this guy is like what's up you know and then he rolls down his window and i'm like oh i'm gonna roll down my window mine was one of those manual ones though so i'm like What's up? It was one of those like Nissan Versa, minimal, you know, base things. I, could, I was in Bible college. I didn't have a lot of money anyway. So I'm like, what's up, man? What's going on? You know, and it's when all of a sudden it just jumped out of me. I said, pull over, man. Pull over, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not thinking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm like day two. I'm day two in the fast. I had no food, you know. And so I'm like, I pull over, man. Let's go right now. And so here I go pulling over, right? And I'm like getting over the first lane. And before you know it, I'm on the shoulder. And as I'm on the shoulder, you know, he's coming over to where I'm at. Oh, yeah, all right, let's do this, man. It's going down. I mean, you know, Holy Ghost is out the window at this point, you know. I don't know if Jesus was in that car or not or what, but I'm just, I'm just being real, real honest with everybody, all right? And so. I mean, it's not, even, it's not even how I do things. I'm a nice guy. You know, you all know me. I'm a nice guy, you know. But I'm just like, pull over, man. What's up, you know. And I mean, the funny thing was this wasn't even in Pacoima. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wasn't even here. I'm just kidding. So, I, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have none of this going on. I have no edge or anything. And, and I'm there the, on, the, on, the, on the freeway. And as I'm in the shoulder, the guy comes over to where I'm at and, and he comes over, and I literally open the door, and I step out, and I'm like, what's up, man? In the middle of the freeway, in front of everyone. Is this all right? Is it okay? It's okay for me, me to be honest? I feel people are like, oh, bro, that's not spiritual, man. How could you be preaching to us right now? You're all messed up. I'm just human like everybody else, okay? And so I got out the car, well, what's up, man? And then, of course, you know, he didn't want none, so he kept on driving. <laughs> So I recognize, you know, uh, everything that was in my heart just came to the surface and my fast was probably done. So I went and grabbed me a burger anyway and thanked the Lord for what just happened. Let's give a little round of applause for that, all right? And what I realized after all that was, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of dominion over my spirit. 
You know, I didn't have a, and, and I feel like the Lord was teaching me, showing me. I asked God for forgiveness and, and continued on, you know, and I, God, don't let me do that again. You know, help me to control my temper, control my anger, control my, my attitude, you know, when things don't go right. Let me be a light to somebody. Let me, let me, let me tell somebody about you and, and so on in the right spirit and the right attitude. And first Timothy chapter four, if you'll open up to first Timothy chapter four with me. I want to uh, explain what some of the qualifications of a leader is. Now, a leader, we recognize there are a lot of leaders here in this church. And if you're a Christian, you're a leader. All right? If you're a believer, you're a leader. There are people in this world that need Jesus. There's no doubt about that. They need Jesus. And all that's happening in the world has cause people to realize that they need something different than what they used to do or what they've been doing or where they've been going. If they've been going to uh, build their career or going toward drugs or going toward a guy or a girl or this or that or the other and fear is still present with them or depression is still present with them or you know while all this chaos is going on in the world anxiety is still present with them they are are soon recognizing that they don't have what we what we have they don't have peace they don't have joy they don't have the power of jesus living on the inside and so some people though i'll tell you this will not come to church how many of you know somebody said no i'm not going to church how many of you know somebody says man when i get to church or if i would ever go to the church man it will burn down the moment I, i've heard that oh man so many times oh it'll burn down everybody will run out the preacher will, will stop preaching you know and, and obviously we realize that's not true but we understand first timothy chapter 4 and verse 6 the Bible says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto uh, thou hast attained. But refuse, it says, profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And so we, we understand here that there is uh, uh, something that we are to exercise ourselves toward, and that is godliness. And in godliness, that, that institutes that we have authority over our flesh and that we are walking in the Spirit. This is something that doesn't happen overnight. You know, you're not all of a sudden going to come to church and boom, you're just 100% better. You're no longer, you know, uh, you have none of the attributes of the old ways that you used to have. It doesn't work that way. The way that it works is now when you come to church, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're baptized in Jesus' name. Now you start exercising godliness. When you exercise, and you that's ever been to the gym, right? Anybody ever been in the gym before? Say amen, okay? You've run, you've done something, whatever that may be. When you work toward that goal, it is a constant thing. It doesn't happen overnight. And so when you exercise a godliness, you are reaching a goal of dominion over your flesh. And as a man of God or a priest in your home, when you have dominion over your flesh, your kids are not afraid. You know, your wife is not afraid of how you're going to react or, you know, and, and I've been there, you know, I've been different stories. I'm not going to get into all that and I'm going to be too transparent with y'all. I'm just kidding. But, you know, 
I mean, it's just different moments. Things happen. You just react, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. That was, that was wrong, and it begins to put fear, begins to bring an unsettling uh, spirit or attitude within that particular atmosphere in your home. But when you possess your spirit as a man of God or as a woman of God, as the woman of your home, right, and, and you possess your spirit, you have dominion over your spirit, you're not a city without walls, but rather you're a fortified city, you're able to stay at the door there of your house and say, you know, that's not coming in. And that fear is not allowed in. And that depression's not allowed in. And that, you know, uh, that, that underwhelming attitude, that anxiety, whatever it may be, is not allowed in this home. We have that kind of authority. Amen. We have that type of authority when you have faith. And you have faith in Jesus Christ. And so we recognize <clears throat> that it is important for us to possess our spirit. First Peter uh, chapter 5, if you'll turn there with me, First Peter chapter 5, uh, I, I believe that it is so, so important to understand, as you turn there, First Peter chapter 5, uh, are they able to put that up for me? And verse, I'll give you a verse right now, verse 2, First Peter chapter 5 and verse 2. If you haven't, say amen. All right. It says this, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre. Can we go to the next scripture? But of a ready mind, verse 3, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not. Can we go back to verse 3? That'd be all right. All right. The Bible tells us neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. Many of us here are leaders. You are leaders within the church. Many of you, if you're a believer, you're a leader, right, within the world. And when people look on you, they are looking for something. They are looking for how how, how it's going, you know. Uh, they're looking at what's happening. I was on the, the train one time, and I remember this guy looking at me, and he kept looking at me a few times. And finally, the third time, I, I met, made eye contact with him, and he kind of waved, signaled me to come on over. And I went over where he was, and he said, man, are you a preacher? You know, and I, I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't preaching. I wasn't doing anything special. I wasn't praying in the Holy Ghost. I was just sitting on the train minding my own business. And I walked over to where he was, and he said, are you a preacher? I said, yeah, you know, I am. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus can touch you and fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. And when he looked at me, he began to tell me, he said, man, I knew something was different about you. I, I could feel something was different about you. I want more experiences like that. I want more encounters like that where I've got Jesus so much on the inside, where I've been with Jesus. I'm walking with Jesus. I'm talking like Jesus. I'm acting like Jesus that people will know there's something different. Because they are indeed looking for something different. Can you put that scripture back up? But you could just keep it there. First Peter chapter five and verse three. And so dominion over the people of God or as a leader, someone in authority. I know we've got groups here in this church. That's pretty much how this church is run. We've got many, many groups that, that build into this entire body of believers. And as group leaders or as Timothys or as people who eventually lead a group, you know, you could think, well, they need to do what I say. Anyone ever been there before? I need, I'm asking them to bring me the food, or I'm asking them to bring this or do that. Can they, can they help me out? My brother's laughing right here. Okay, I'm preaching to him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around. 
But, you know, we can have that mentality at times. You know, I've, I've been in charge of a few things, and when I was a bit younger, you know, I thought, hey, well, they, they just got to do what I say. You know, that's it. And if not, then they, that's it. Forget about it, you know. But the reality is that that's not a leader within the church, right? That's not a leader. That may be a leader within the world, but a leader within the church, according to the Word of God, says that we are not uh, to be lords over God's heritage. To be a lord over literally means to constrain or to control. It says, but being in samples to the flock. So having dominion over the people of God or the flock of God's, or, or of the flock of God, right, is simply this. It's not having dominion or control or authority, but rather it's being an example of how to live, how to walk, how to be. They're going to do what you're doing. You know, it's so funny because I was talking to someone the other day about this, but sometimes when apostolic people, and if you don't know them, you know, uh, but you see the way they're wearing their clothes or you see the way they act and you're like, man, I think they're, I think they're apostolic. I think they're Christian. Sometimes, you know, we just kind of like put our head down and like go to the other table in the restaurant. We like, don't say anything. How many ever done that before? Don't raise your hand. Okay. And so, you know, we're just like, oh no, I don't want to talk to them. Or, you know, you think, might think they're a Christian, you know, and in all reality, I mean, we're supposed to be examples, right? To the flock of God. That means we should walk on over. Hey, how you doing, brother? God bless you, sir. Amen. You know, and they begin to feel the presence of God flowing through us. You want to reach the world. It's not necessarily going to happen just by, you know, uh, praying. And I'm all about prayer. And that's a good thing. We need to pray. But it's going to happen when the pray, when you become what you're praying. God, less of me and more of you. Let me show your joy. Let me show your love. Allow me to have dominion over my attitude or over my spirit. First in the home and then in the world. You want to have dominion over the spirit realm, it starts with dominion over you. Right? I mean, every time, you know, if, if I've got a moment, you know, road rage moment, man, I have got to pray through. I can't walk up to the pulpit and be like, well, let me tell you what the Lord says. Right? After I've just went over there on the side of the shoulder and been like, hey, what's up? Step out of the car, man. It's just not going to work like that. We have to first have dominion over us, over our own spirit that we are walking with God. Galatians chapter 5. This is the, the last uh, scripture that I, I want to go to. Galatians chapter 5 and, uh, and verse, we'll start with verse 18. And it is uh, so, so important that as people of God, we are examples. We are examples of love. You know, if you don't smile... I know it's so elementary, but if you don't smile, neither are those that you influence going to smile. Amen? Right? You're always like, oh, you know, mad or something like that. You know, I've, I've been there. I've done that. Having a bad day, and I'm like, man, this is taking a whole lot to smile, but God bless you. But that, that makes, that's the difference. Why? Because you have the power of the Holy Ghost. You have the power of Jesus Christ living on the inside. That means you have the power to be able, when you deny the flesh, to be able to say, you know what? I can be love. I can be joy. I can be peace to the people of God. I can be Jesus to this world. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18 says, But if ye be led of the Spirit, 
ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, hear this, are manifest, or which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they hear this part, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Please hear that for a moment. These are the works of the flesh. And among those works listed, I'm sure somewhere along that list, everyone can say, man, I've been there. I've done one of those, right? I've been named among that. And so I'm not saying that if you've ever done that before, that's it. It's over. You'll never inherit the kingdom of God. Obviously, the grace of God is here for us in which we've got to tap into. And when we do, the Lord will save us and keep us and redirect our lives. But understanding now as believers and the grace of God is for us, we recognize as Paul said, hey, the grace of God, you know, is among us. Should we continue in sin? And he said, no, God forbid that we should continue in sin just because God's grace is for us, but rather that that we are dead now to the old man, right? And we're new creatures in Christ. Let's show the world. You want to have dominion, right, over the spirit realm? You want to have authority and be a great man or woman of God? It starts right here. I'm going to show the world that I've been with Jesus. I'm going to die to me and live unto the Lord. I'm going to die to the anger that's inside or to the to, to whatever's going on on in the flesh or the pride or to the whatever it is the envy that's happening the hatred i'm gonna die to those things so that i can be jesus to this world that in that you will show the world that you have dominion over your soul and they will see hey it can be done she should have responded this way but she didn't hold on she's got something i want he should have responded he should have knocked him out right you know, like me with that guy on the shoulder. Man, he should have knocked him out. I'm just messing. But I didn't. No, that, I, I failed on that one. I messed up. And the rest of the scripture says this, but the fruit of the Spirit. Now hear this, because this is, this is what I want to end it on. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I believe we can have dominion. When you pray, when you pray and you talk to God, you got faith, you need faith. You can't move God or get God to answer a prayer without faith. But I believe, as the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And so when you've got a whole lot of faith and you've got some righteousness there alongside it, say, God, I've been possessing my spirit. I messed up a couple of times. I have. But I've asked for forgiveness. I got right back up. And when the opportunity was presented to me to get upset, I just held my peace. 
right? I, I possessed my spirit. I was with you so much in the Holy Ghost and in prayer that I was able to have dominion over my spirit, over my attitude, over, you know, being jealous over brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so or over uh, being uh, being hateful toward brother so-and-so or, you know, I see they're, they're being elevated. Well, what about me, God? You know, and having that type of thing in between you and somebody else. The Bible lets us know not to compare ourselves among ourselves, right? But when we have dominion over our own spirit, this this thing is between me and Jesus. I'm not worried about how, how everyone else is being elevated or not or what. Man, as a matter of fact, I want to uplift my brother. I want to help my brother. I want to help my sister. I want others to succeed. You know, you want to see your family members saved. How many of you want to see your family members saved? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You know, I, I, I want to see some family members saved. I really do. You know, and I, I believe they will be. I believe they'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. But the first thing they're going to see is how I act and how I react. Amen. So they always say it's not how you act, but it's how you react. And so when we understand Proverbs 25 and 28 tells us that you know, a man that cannot rule his own spirit is a, like a city without walls. We recognize, man, we, we're not helping anybody. We're not strengthening anybody. We're reckless in that account. But when you get the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside, now you have hope. Now you have an opportunity for victory. How many of you ever been there before? You, you, you were in a predicament, and you should have reacted according to the flesh, but all of a sudden you just held your peace, and you're like, man, that was pretty cool. Have you ever been there before? Can you say amen? That's the power of the Holy Ghost, living on the inside. Dominion is an absolutely important thing, having authority over sickness, over disease, over the spirit realm, being able to command the enemy, come out, leave them, release them. That's all real stuff. We have that power. But that was given to us. That was delegated. That was when you received the Holy Ghost, you were baptized in Jesus' name, you became a disciple, you denied yourself. Hey, that goes right along with Matthew chapter 10. He gave you that power. It goes right along with Luke 10, 19. He gave you that power. But the thing we've got to work on is, is us, right? That's really where the, where the journey is. I'm not, I'm not spending a whole t lot of time anymore I, and i'll be completely honest you know with everyone that uh you know i used to pray god you know give me the gifts of the spirit give me the gifts of the spirit you know i want the gift of faith and gift of this and gift of that and i believe god has used me in different gifts of the spirit and that's been great and i've seen great miracles and seen things before i've testified to you all about but i, I realize those are gifts right god gives those things but it's the fruit of the spirit that takes time Gifts of the Spirit are given. Fruit of the Spirit takes time to grow. you got to water fruit, right? Sometimes you don't even see fruit, and you're like, man, it's a hot day out here. i got to water this twice. Right out here in California, everything's real dry and, you know, real hot right now. Can you get amen on that? I mean, you got to get out there and water the plants twice, you know? It takes time to build that fruit, to have dominion, to be able to walk in the Spirit. And not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But I'm grateful that I have the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful I'm not doing this by myself. 
And so, because the Word of God has gone forth on this topic, let's all stand together. What will happen now because of revelation, because of understanding, this week you're going to notice it. This week you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is one of those opportunities where I can choose to act this way or choose that. It's going to happen. You watch. It's exactly what's going to happen because the word's gone forth and now there's revelation, there's understanding, there's enlightenment, understanding on what happens in our flesh. And so it is up to us to seek the face of God. I really don't have control or strength over my own self by myself. It's it's very difficult. I'm too strong or uh, willed or too driven, you know, my mind and and if I'm thinking something, that's it. I'm going to go with that. So that's why I got to go pray. And when I go pray, I say, God, less of me, more of you. When I get up from this altar, I don't want Jesse getting up and still being Jesse. I don't want people seeing Jesse, hearing Jesse, talking to Jesse. When I get up from this prayer meeting, I want them to feel you. I want them to hear you. I want them to know you. I want them to see you. And that's how we're going to win. That's how we're going to win. Yeah, I remember, uh, I'll say this, this last thing, we'll pray and we'll let God do the rest. Uh, I remember one particular scenario or occasion. There, there's quite a few, but I was, I was very young, maybe about seven or so. and We weren't, I think it was around Christmas time, holiday times can be. You know, uh, you know, a little bit different sometimes. You think about money, you think about all that stuff. And, you know, now as a dad and having to buy all these gifts and stuff, I'm like, man, this gets real expensive. Anyway, so I understand where my mom and my dad were. And, you know, it was a little bit rough. It was, this was way, way, way back when I was about seven years old, eight years old or so. And, uh, you know, things I could tell, I can feel. I didn't hear all that was said, but I could just feel like there was some tension, you know, in the atmosphere. How many ever, you know, built up some tension there in the atmosphere? And you're just like, oh, man, it's not good. But it's happened. It happened to the best of us. And I remember my mom saying, Jesse, come here. You know, as I kind of went to her and, you know, what's going on, mom? What, what's happening? She said, come here. And she went to the side of the bed. This is, this is what I saw, all right, as a kid. This was the example. She didn't look to me and say, hey, be happy. Be joyful. God is good, right? <clears throat> she said, come here. Why don't you get on your knees, Jesse? I got on my knees, and she got on her knees, and said, let's pray. Let's pray that Jesus will make everything all right. And we began to pray. I mean, a little seven-year-old me, I should begin to pray, man, ah, Jesus' name. But you know, that never left me. That, thank you, Mom, for that. I appreciate that. That, that never left me. And, you know, it wasn't done by, hey, Jesse, you need to go pray right now. Things are are a little tough. You need to go, right? Little seven-year-old Jesse, little five-year-old James, you need to go pray. James would just been running around anyways, you know. (laughs) Thank you. But Brother Juan's got a lot of confidence in you, man. He loves you. That's right. But, you know, I, I, I realized 
And now I can apply that to my life. Why? Because she was an example, right? And plenty of other times, you know, my, my dad, I can say so, so many more stories, you know, of my dad being there and walk, walking me into the hospital and, all right, son, we're going to pray, you know, no matter the situation, no matter how deep, no matter how difficult, no matter how crazy, he was an example. I'm going to walk in. Let's go with all faith. Let's do, let's pray like this. I didn't even know how to pray. And I would just put my hand there and say what he was saying. And he'd get louder and I'd get louder. You know, I was same same age, you know, about eight years old, nine years old. And we'd pray. That's all I knew. It's always what I understood. Some of you may not have had that example. My father didn't growing up. But he realized, you know what? This word says I, I got to be an example. And I'm blessed today because of it. And your kids will be too. And their kids and their kids and their kids. Because you're here filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's go ahead and lift up our hands and let's magnify God for a moment. Let's ask the Lord just to give us strength to have dominion over our spirit right now. Would you lift up your voice just for a moment? Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be here right now. God, I ask that you would have your way in this place, God, that you would touch our heart, that we would have dominion over our spirit, God, that we'd have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, would you allow us to walk in the Spirit and live unto you in the name of Jesus.